Motion pictures, can't get enough Cinephile, movie lover, and a big movie buff Talking to actors, directors, innovators Athletes to writers, real trailblazers Yeah, originator, not a duplicator So honest, always authentic Tune in, trust me, you don't want to miss it This is the Monday Morning Critic Amazing life journeys, great interviews From sports analysts, even reporters too Captivating, always top content Bringing top quality, everybody's talking Yeah, originator, not a duplicator so passionate and so authentic Tune in, trust me, you don't want to miss it This is the Monday Morning Critic Woo! <laughs> but that was just a dream Just a dream The worst dream The screaming Mimi But then I woke up and they were safe in their beds. They're perfect, aren't they? Oh. They're the elephant's eyebrows, those two. And I bet you'd do anything for them. Ain't that so? Yes. So what if they was having a dream? I mean, bad ones. I mean, puzzledutely screaming memes. The worst of the worst. What would you do? Wake them up. I mean, a dream so mean. So scary. A dream about sick and sad and disease and rot and loss and darkness. If they were stuck in that dream, you'd wake them. Of course. And keep them safe. No more bad dreams, no more screaming memes. You'd wake them up and you'd keep them just perfect. Just like they is, wouldn't you? I would. Well, make me, kid. Because I got a secret. A way to wake them up. A way to keep them safe. If they get stuck in them dreams. Welcome to episode 109 of the Monday Morning Critic. Today is the last episode of 2018, and I could not ask for a better guest. My next guest has delivered what, in my opinion, is quite truthfully one of the best performances of the year, big or small screen, as Poppy Hill in The Haunting of Hill House. She is as talented as they get. Please welcome Catherine Parker. Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I don't know where to start with you because you're you have such an interesting filmography, an interesting person. So let's go let's go early. Let's go Virginia. Um, I could not find early stuff on you. So like with probably ninety eight percent of my guests, I could find early stuff. And your filmography is fantastic. Um, what can you tell me? And I know you're born in Virginia. Um, talk about you know growing up in Virginia and when the acting bug hits. Where you know. How does that all take place? 
Yeah, so I grew up in Northern Virginia, about 30 minutes outside Washington, D.C. No ties to the entertainment industry. My dad worked for the government, for the National uh, Labor Relations Union. My mom's a Spanish teacher. Um, But I was always drawn to the performing arts and was put in dance classes, did lots of community theater, but didn't really uh, take acting seriously until I was at uh, Christmas. For Newport University, which is in Newport News, Virginia, on the peninsula by Jamestown, Williamsburg. Mm, Okay. Um, And I became a theater major, and that community of people just has always deeply resonated with me. I felt really. I guess it accepted. Uh, I had a really hard time throughout my academia career. I did poorly in school, couldn't concentrate in classrooms, ditch school all the time. So when I found uh, the theater, it just it just made sense. I don't really know how else to put it. It just felt like putting on a really good fitting pair of pants. I was like, right, mm. this feels awesome. Um, in high school, did you do drama in high school, uh, Catherine, or was it just, did you pick up on it post high school? Yeah, I, I did, but I didn't really take it seriously until my, I guess it was my senior year. Um, I did this play called the dinner party by Neil Simon. It's a a comedy. Yeah. One of those plays where you're slamming doors and, and popping out and it's all about the timing. And that's when, um, things changed for me in terms of the way I, uh, pursued acting. I always just did it because I felt like it was fun, you know, and I just liked the people. Um, and I, I grew up watching, you know, like Entertainment Tonight. Do you remember Entertainment yeah, Tonight? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and People Magazine and all that stuff felt like really, really far away. But when I got down to uh, the creative process of theater, I was like, oh, right. Like, this is something attainable for me to do. Um So I thought I was going to have a career in like regional theater. But when I was 21, I was in my last year of college at Christopher Newport University. And I went to Atlanta, Georgia to visit my sister, who at the time was a reporter for CBS News. Mm. And um, in Atlanta, the Young and the Restless was in town at a convention center casting one lucky girl to be on the Young and the Restless. And they set it up as like a contest. Um, so I ended up not getting that part, but being, um, like their next runner up and Karen Ray, who was the casting director at the time for the young and the restless and Steve Kent, who's a VP at Sony pictures really encouraged me to come out to LA and not pursue theater, but pursue film. And my first TV credit was a little co-star on the young and the restless playing a waitress. (laughs) And, And it's what got me out to LA. Uh, and, and I have to yeah. say, you know, one of the things that I was going to ask you is I thought I looked where you just mentioned your sister was a reporter or maybe mm-hmm. is still a reporter. Yeah. Um, your brother, I thought I thought was a songwriter. Um, yeah. Yeah. My younger brother, his name is Danny Parker, and he writes pop music for Sean Mendes, Nick Jonas, Britney Spears. Wow. Um, yeah. His story is really crazy, too. If you ever want a musician on, you should interview him. He's got a really cool story. Um, and he's out in L.A., uh, still has a house and writes pop music and then has his own project called Model Child, which is really good. His first album comes out, I think. 
I think next month, actually. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I've always, you know, I I mean, I'm 45. Uh, Am I past the age of starting a boy band, Catherine, or what do you think? No, I would. I mean, I'd listen to music. <laughs> if that, you have big dreams, Derek, you should go after them. <laughs> <laughs> but that, those are big two, boy band dreams. Yeah, those are two like awesome professions. And my next question is kind of like, you know, I, I talk to actors once in a while whose parents are so adamant against them going down a different road, right? So you know, yeah. passing on the nine to five steady work, and you know, obviously with your family, just hearing your professions of you, and obviously I know yours, I know your brothers now, I know your sisters. So I have to believe your parents are pretty open-minded people. Absolutely. Yeah, they really are. I mean, I think the, uh, I have an older brother as well. So there's four of us and we're all, um, pretty ambitious entrepreneurs. And I think it stresses my parents out a lot, but I think they're excited by us. And certainly like they must've instilled something in us that we all like didn't get a nine to five job and wanted to be in the entrepreneurial world and creative world. My older brother is the CEO of this German company called, um, Newville in um, in Portland, Oregon. Wow! Wow! Yeah, so he does well too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, do you have um, you know, obviously, you're very gifted. Is there a mentor along the way, Catherine? That kind of, you know, I believe, you know, not to be cheesy, everyone that that I interview, people that I admire, they have a gift. I believe, especially acting. You know, obviously, and and there's got to be with you. Was there someone that took it to the next level for you, or is it just kind of a a cumulative of of all these experiences you've had? No, well, thank you. I um, that's a really good question. I've had a a few mentors, but um, one name I have to drop is Mike Flanagan because he's always taken my career to the next level. Like he put me in my first film, which was Absentia, and we did that in two thousand ten. Great movie. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I had never been in front of a camera properly, you know, before I'd done that co-star on The Young and the Restless. I'd messed around with, with, you know, friends making movies and, and, uh, doing that kind of independent thing. But it wasn't until Absentia where like my face is in almost every single shot of that movie that I have, you know, that kind of cinematic experience, um, Yeah, so I would say Mike's been a a real mentor in terms of my film career. And and I have to say, Catherine, you know, uh, and I was going to bring this up later, and and I'm definitely going to touch on Mike quite a bit as we go along, but not only does he clearly think the world of you as an actor, he creates parts for you. So, I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. Like, parts are there, I feel like, and I don't know, to me, maybe I'm incorrect, but for a director to create a part for an actor is arguably one of the... The, the, the ultimate compliment you can get as an actor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, Mike's extraordinary. He's just a loyal, um, friend. Um, and I think, I think Mike also just really likes to work with who he likes to work with. That's why he uses the, the same people as much as he can. I think it makes him feel maybe more comfortable. I'm just guessing. I've actually never asked him that question. Why do you use the same people? But I would guess that it makes, um, it makes him feel more comfortable to have his friends on set and, mm. and people that he can trust. You know, he's really, I mean, gosh, his career has really exploded. So I reckon it probably feels nice to have your nearest and, and dearest around. I know uh, Mike and Kate, his, 
his wife, they have an incredible um, work relationship together. You know, they've done Hush together. She was in Oculus, and now you really see her shine in The Haunting of Hill House. And um, I think they both probably feel like they make the other one better. And I certainly feel that way with working with Mike, is that he... he, um, helps me to be brave in front of the the camera I still struggle with my relationship to the camera I don't particularly like being in front of the camera and acting I prefer to do stage work is where I feel more comfortable um but yeah Mike's just given me probably the most opportunities to kind of work out those those issues you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it's so funny because uh, you know you talk about it, somebody who's breaking out. It's ironic because you are at the head of the class for sure, and yeah, and I notice you know I feel like Quentin, like just say Quentin Tarantino, he's very comfortable using Christoph Waltz, and I think. I mean, obviously, I don't know a fraction of what Mike knows about directing, but I have to believe that when you have somebody that's super talented, that you know what you're going to you're going to get a great performance out of them. You're comfortable with what they're going to give you. It's a no brainer for him to keep going back to you. It's it's a no brainer. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was a director, I'd want to do that too. just trust the people who know what they're doing to go and, and do it. Um but yeah, he's, I, I would have never, Mike is certainly like a, I, I struggle with this because I, I was about to say he's not an actor's director, but that makes him sound like he has no idea what like actors are doing. And that's not true. He right. has like unbelievable wealth of knowledge of character development and storytelling. And he always has an answer for you. If you have a question about your character, what's happening in the scene. But he he doesn't micromanage your own creative experience or performance. Um, like when we were shooting The Haunting of Hill House, he called action and he was like, just go when you're ready and we'll just take it from there. And we did one take of, you know, that big monologue sequence when um, Poppy and Olivia are in the red room. And Absolutely. Poppy yes. the ranks, yeah, and like yeah. drives that scene. He really gave me full creative lines to do whatever I, I wanted to do. And that felt amazing to just be able to go in and play and that rarely happens um with film because time is money and you're racing the clock and (laughs) you we had tons of pages to shoot and he really um and I don't think I like just because Mike and I have a personal relationship as well like I don't think I was particularly like special and how he treated me on set I think he likes to treat all of his actors no matter how well or little he knows them he gives actors time to be able to go in and um, explore and find things and and that's a, a real gift yeah, well said. You know, and when I was, and I want to get to this in a moment. When I was, when I was looking for like, because I, I want to promote our interview and so forth, I was looking for like a headshot of you, and there's a lot of them, but I felt like there was no two that were alike, and I feel like that's kind of a, a microcosm of, of your acting ability. I feel like you can do anything. I, I really believe that. I believe you can do anything. And when I was looking for a picture, like they're all different, they're all kind of creative, and there's no like two alike. And I don't know. I felt like that was kind of a. Uh, looking at your career, it's kind of what you're you're capable of. You could you could pretty much do anything, I think, as an actor. Oh man, that's so 
kind and thank you. I, you know, I just went to this high school in Richmond, Virginia. It's called Colonial Heights High School, and I went to go give a talk on uh, on acting to the drama students there, to their theater department, and we were talking about how difficult it is to navigate the entertainment industry because you are a product. Like you learned how to act in theater school, and it was all. Um, uh, about like facilitating your like creative drive. But then when you get to LA or New York, you go into the business and it knocks the crap out of you. Cause it's not about how good you are. It's how you sell yourself. Right. And I've had real trouble trying uh, to being able, trying to like hone in what I'm selling to the entertainment industry, you know? Um, Cause I, And I think most actors, you know, you want to play like a variety of not even a variety. You just want to play hundreds of different kinds of of people. But I'm still working on trying to, um, uh, I don't know, sell one thing and get good at selling that thing. So the business trusts me with other things. But yeah, I mean, right now my hair is super short and brown. And in The Haunting of Hill House, it was flapper girl and bright red and... Mm. Um, I can look really different, um, which is exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's exciting, but I think also confusing to a lot of people, especially with the, my name difference as well, Catherine, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) So those those kids had to be so psyched to see you. My God, like. Did it, were, were they? Could you see that they were excited? Could were the like what type of questions did you feel from those kids? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was surreal. Uh, two of my best friends are Karen Gillan and Rose McIver. You know, Karen from yeah, Doctor Who, yes. and yeah, and the Avengers and Jumanji. And Rose is the lead of this show, I Zombie, and, um, and amongst many other things she's done. Um, so I've gotten to kind of see how people react to them, you know, out in public or going to conventions with them where they go and sign autographs and um, all of this new uh, attention I've been getting. It's, I mean, it's, it's new and um, it it doesn't feel comfortable yet. You know, I feel like a uh, imposter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I guess it was good for them to be able to meet me because I was like, I'm from Virginia too, no ties to the business and doing it. So, uh, yeah, it was special to be able to connect with them. And, and high school is such a crappy time to oh, be a Totally. You know? Yes. yes. <laughs> it's like the worst. Yeah. And uh, did, has um, Rose and, and Karen had a chance to watch how wonderful you were in, in, in the, the Haunting of Hill House? I, you know, I don't think they have. And to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of their work either. You know, it's like we met each other in circumstances where like acting was non-existent. You know, we just got to know each other as women and and people on this planet. Um, Like I I had never seen Doctor Who. And I remember Karen and I spent a Christmas together one year and she was like, let's you know it'd be special let's watch my very first episode i was in of doctor who and i was like yeah that would be special and we watched it and i was like oh my gosh every one of her fans would be freaking out if they were in my shoes right now <laughs> that's great you know you know what, what, what do you find so when, when kids look to you right because it's like you like you know, let's just get right to it like high school is a shitty time for a lot of kids yeah, so it is shitty. Well, what, what, what did they at like did you find some of the questions like you know how do you get to where like what were the questions around just pretty much about your life where you are now you know how did you how did you navigate through the difficult times 
Yeah, that that actually was a big one that that came up. How do you go through the highs and lows of the entertainment industry? Oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's it's brutal, and you need a lot of help. Um, the business is really catered towards people who are are already doing well. Like this idea of like a waitress getting discovered in a restaurant doesn't really happen anymore. I think you kind of have to be born into a good socioeconomic position to be able to like really do the starving artist lifestyle. Mm. Um, which seems counterintuitive, but like you have to be honing your craft, which takes a lot of time and money. And then you have to be able to pay your bills in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Like I don't, it's really, really hard to do it on your own. Um, but one thing I, uh, I like to tell people is that the business is not responsible for your creativity and your creativity is what is going to be your foot in the door. So you can't put, you know, all of your cards down on one audition. You know, it can't be that exciting when an audition comes through. You can't put everything on that. You know, you've got to be looking forward to the play reading you're going to do with your friends from your acting class or or the pottery class that you go to or like whatever fills you up creatively is mm. what kind of has to keep your your head in the game. And that's, you know, it's hard to not be influenced by Los Angeles and New York City and um, the pressures and stresses of of those cities and the business as a whole. Um, but your own uniqueness is what resonates with people. And when you speak your own truth, that is true of, of any human being because everybody has a story. We're all full of stories. You know, actors just have decided to do this stupid thing of wanting to make money at it, you know, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but every, you have a story, your parents do like, we all have it. Um, no, that's well said. And, and, and one of the things is, and, and you mentioned this is, you know, some people that kind of go down the acting road do so for intentions that aren't like what you said. You know, loving just the play read with friends, loving just the little, you know, intricacies that, you know, actors do. And, you know, if, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, you know, fame, being well known, then it's a it's a it's a road that leads to hell. I mean, it's it's awful. You're and you're going to find out the hard way. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that's people that are in it for the wrong reasons find out pretty quickly. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, they say you gotta love it more than than anything, and I think it's kind of it's true because you just you miss a lot of stuff. You know, you miss birthdays and holidays, and you're always kind of on call, and your life can change at any moment. And it's it's a lot. It's gambling, is what it really is. It's a sure. gamble. Sure. Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at your character here, Poppy Ho. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. You've probably heard it all, but I, I was just so blown away. And I don't think I'm a big believer in there's one actor for one part. Like I'm a big believer in that, especially something like this, right? Because anybody can represent evil. Like so, like if you watch Star Wars, like you look at Darth Vader, he just looks evil, right? You watch a, a pirate movie, they just look evil. But the kind of evil that's just the way you represented it, right? Because let's face it, there's like there's a couple minutes that go by where you're wondering, is Poppy really that bad? She's she's listening and she's kind and yeah, I don't, yeah. There is how do you research for something like that? How do you get and, and 
I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, like I said, you were born to play this part because of your ability. I don't know how you do it. Where does the research start? Where does this all begin for you? Oh gosh. Oh, you're so you're so nice. Um, where does it begin? Well, so I. So I actually I had auditioned to play Nell on The Haunting of Hill House, and I also auditioned to play Joey. So both of those characters obviously didn't go my way and went to the right actresses. So I kind of believe that, like like you said, like the characters kind of find you, and the right person ends up playing it. And um, when Poppy Hill came my way, Mike just told me like, hey, this is the part that I really want you to play. And I read it and that character just flies off the page that I was like, I can't believe I get to do this because just the way she was written, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Um, And it was really in my wheelhouse. I really like playing characters from different time periods, uh, particularly past time periods. So the 1920s, 1930s, like aces. Um, I watched a lot of silent films with Clara Bow and Marion Davies. Oh, good. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I kind of just got to use my imagination. What's interesting about Poppy in particular is that while you're watching Hill House, you see all these hidden ghosts and and not even hidden, just ghosts around the house. But this one speaks. So I got to do whatever I wanted. I got to pick how she spoke. Um, the, the accent I speak with is sort of like a trans mid-Atlantic accent, um, but also, again, used my imagination and kind of manipulated it. Um, I wanted her to be really feminine and kind of sexy and seductive um, because she seduces Olivia. Um, And then playing across from um, Carla Gugino, she's just an extraordinary actress. Like, I mean, she fueled a lot of what I was doing and and um, I was talking earlier about being afraid of the camera. The DP that Mike works with all the time is Michael Feminari, who is uh, just like the most brilliant man. And I told him, I was like, I, I, I hate that the camera's here. And he was like, well, girl, it's going to be in your face. So make it a part of your performance. Don't ignore it. Just make it a part of it. And that kind of went into the character as well. And it's I'm I struggle with being able to to break down um, a performance because it's so many it's so many there are so many elements of like research and getting in your costume and your hair and your makeup and um, and then getting into kind of like a mindset and cooling down your nerves and then action happens and then it's almost like you all that preparation hopefully dives into all of your cells and your brain and your heart. And then you just kind of like execute things and it just, it just moves. And and you, it's not that you black out, but it's almost that you're so dropped into it that you're not, you're not quite sure how it's working. It's just working. Like you, like you, brush your teeth every night before you go to bed you just kind of do it it's just a part of you the way you like walk you just know how to do it it kind of just felt like like that mm-hmm. I mean you are I mean and I hope I'm being appropriate here you are absolutely stunning and 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 it but you have the ability it's just 
you have all the best things for that role. And watching you and Carla go back and forth is like, I don't know how to explain it other than because I'm a sports fan. It's like watching just two great boxers just go back and forth. And it's it's a real treat because there's times where you watch a movie or a TV show and you can cl- clearly see one actor, and I don't want to be like insensitive here, is carrying another actor. But in this scene, my God, in the red room and you're going back and forth, she looks so dejected and you know, you and you know the, the diabolical poppy. It's just I, I, I can't even tell you how much I loved watching you two just go back and forth. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I learned a lot from her. I mean, Carla's had an incredible career and continues to have an amazing career. Um, and she taught me a lot in between those takes. She was teaching me a lot about what it is to be on set, what everything means, because I still feel like such a student to mm. it all um, that I'm always trying to to learn and stay out of the way and uh, one thing that's really hard that I feel like actors don't talk about enough is how to preserve your your energy through those takes you know because you have 14 sometimes 18 hour days of being on set and you have to sustain your energy to be able to do an awesome performance and you, you can't blow it you know right um, she taught me a lot about that preserving your your energy and she's also just such um a giving actor you know Mm. she just just the way she even just listens to you she's so present that you can't help but just kind of relax and drop into her and and that's and that's what i love about like where your career is going and you as a person and an actor is that you just said it you know you have time. You, you ask questions. You're always inquisitive. And, and, I mean, you could easily say, hey, this is where I am in my career. I don't need to learn anymore because there are people like that in all professions where they feel like, you know what? I don't need to ask questions. But that's the big difference. You have the talent. You have the look. You, But this is the big part. It's asking questions. I mean, this from just my opinion, but this is these are all the intangibles that make up very, very successful people in all professions. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think you... like an only life worth living is a curious one you know Mm. that like the learning never it it shouldn't stop there's too much like how can you possibly know all the things right (laughs) I just uh, for me curiosity brings a lot of happiness to my life and it's the moments where I like get on my high horse and I'm like I've got it I just you know end up feeling like shit so (laughs) (laughs) I try and stay in that curious Space. And I don't want to like get too like you know, uh, you know, too serious. But like when you, so I know you don't see the ghosts when you're you know doing your your thing. But yeah. you know she's a dark character from the lines. You know she's just a horrible being, right? Do yeah. you Does it? Does it? I've asked other actors this question. They're like, nah, you know, it's just a role that I do. Does it ever weigh on you? Like, so I'm not going to say like compare you to this because it's a little over the top. But you know, Heath Ledger was worn down playing the Joker. I mean, obviously, it's two different things, but it, the, the the point is the same. For a character like this is not a computer programmer, right? So does right. this does this take more out of you as far as just hard to play? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think um, just like when you meditate, you go into a different space. Uh, it's the it's the same thing. You go into a darker space. Am I going to make you know crazy decisions in my personal life and go like kill children like Poppy does? Like, no. <laughs> but cert- yeah, certainly it it wears on you if you're. Um, I, I think any any human being can be affected by 
their thoughts and with acting you're choosing your thoughts precisely you know in the moment when the camera's rolling or when you're on stage just for those few hours uh but it's certainly yeah you definitely have to to shake it and there's some days where it's hard to shake it and some days where it's like okay I did that and you you know you move on um but yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of the the actors, um, certainly the series regular, the series regulars. Like I know, um, Kate went to some really dark places to play Co and um, sure. um, Ollie, all, Oliver Jackson Cohen. He played Luke, adult Luke. He yep. had a really hard time shaking his character off and. I don't, you know, I don't think it has anything to do with like being a method actor either. I think it's just really hard to um, shake off emotional vibes, you know, whether it's happiness or, or sadness, it stays in your in your cellular being for a little bit. Yeah, and, and you look at all the ghosts that were, you know, in the in the show. I mean, yours is the only one that really gets the spotlight and, and lines. I mean, that's that also has to feel pretty good too, Catherine. It did, yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy. I've had you know a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and more downs in my career than I've had ups. So this just felt like an absolute uh, gift. I lived in Los Angeles for almost nine years, and the the last two and a half of those years were really, really hard. And so I made the choice to move to Atlanta because so much films in Atlanta, Georgia, that's where I am right now. Um, though I'm thinking about moving back to LA as I've gotten more success from the Haunting of Hill House and a couple other films, but, uh, it's, you know, it hasn't been a smooth ride for me. And Mike called me and, uh, this was what, like a year and a half ago. And he said, I'm going to shoot the Haunting of Hill House in Atlanta. I'm so happy you're there. Let's try and get you, um, on the show. And I was like, all right, great. Cause I, you know, it, that happens sometimes, but it's really hard to get cast, even if you know the showrunner. Uh, and and like I said um, earlier in our interview, like I auditioned a few times to try and get cast in that show, and it, it was really hard because so many people have to say yes to you. It's a miracle to get cast on anything. Um, but when I finally was cast and got a poppy, it just it was too too special to have any kind of. Um, self-doubt right. or negativity around it you know I just was like and and also just the the crew the the whole cast um our producers and then Mike made it really special it was just a really wonderful environment for me on that set yeah and it's just you're such a you know the way you bring up collaboration I mean you had a lot of people working with you I, I think you mentioned these names Lynn Falconer Stacey Witt Erica Kiker Bob I mean John Tara all these people that got your you know your hair and your you know your, your costume ready I mean it's just it's such a collaborative effort and it, and it paid off so well it's just it's just beautiful beautiful filmmaking and acting Catherine Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, and, and I did want to bring up a couple other points. You know, you, you, you mentioned a lot of this stuff. And, and, you know, did you, when you play a character like that, you know, I don't know, I felt like the, there was only one mistake, right? I thought I read somewhere where they had a backstory for Poppy. And then they decided, you know what, maybe not. I felt that was a little bit of an error. I felt like we kind of needed a little bit. I mean, I, we know who she is. We know all that stuff. But, I mean, you're, maybe you're going to be a little biased here, and I hope you are. Don't you think it would have been nice to have a backstory of Poppy? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that and that was in the cards for a little bit. Um, there was a whole history segment on the on the hills that got um, cut out. And yeah, I mean, I think the show. I mean, my personal opinion, I, I think um, that would have been like a lovely element to the show, but also it kind of, I understand why they didn't include it because it gives the house even more mystery um, and a lot more focus to the cranes and their experience as a family, not just in the house, but like the the sociolo- sociology, the psychology of that family unit you know Mm. where it's like is it is it the house that's haunting them or is it them in in the house and they're kind of like not ghosts but like a part of the organism of the haunting of the house does that make sense it makes perfect sense in perfect sense yeah i think it kind of like by leaving out the history of the hills it kind of lended itself to um for the audience to really think about who the cranes really are. So I understand why they left it out. I would love it if there was a season two though, and it focused on the Hills. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think, do you think Polly is a victim of the house or is she the embodiment of the house? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. I sort of, have my own theories about Hill House. Um, do I think Polly is? People are going to think I'm insane, but I really believe at one time that Polly wasn't. I, there might have been some good with her about her along the way, right? I, that's yeah. my opinion. You know, I, I don't think she was complete evil. I think the house plays a part in it, but I don't think she was always complete evil. I think people. There's other factors in life that for all of us. But yeah. I would, you know. Oh, um, are you talking about Poppy? Poppy Hill? Poppy, yeah. I, oh, sorry. I thought you said Polly, and I was like, Polly. And then I thought one of the actresses who played Hazel, her name was Polly. Or no, actually, no. The act- the actress who played old Poppy, her name was Polly. There it is. So I got confused. Um, but even like, you I, know, Polly, too. Either one. I mean, you know, you could ask the question for even more to the point. I mean, We'll just take Polly because that you know that's your character, but but like you know, you, you wonder is she a victim of the house or is she what the house is? You know, that's I, I wonder about. And you can say that like you just said about any any of the characters, really. Yeah, I think it's I think it's both. I certainly didn't try to play Poppy as um, as an evil person. I you know I think. Well, most actors say this is you have to really like your your character and have compassion for that character and really try to break down the psychology of the character and why they make the choices they make. Right. Um, I think she's maybe deluded, um, has like deluded visions, um, but she's so certain about what's right and ultimately what she thinks is right is is best for her, her family and her children, even if it means killing them Mm. she she believes that on the other end of it there is you know nirvana and that's what she's trying to get olivia to do with her family she's like i swear this is going to work and it's gonna you know it's gonna make everybody much happier and safer and better and an evil person wouldn't you know say that an evil evil is like when you're doing something because you know it's gonna harm another person absolutely right but i don't think poppy thinks it's 
going to harm anyone. I think she really thinks that it's, it's better, you yeah, know? Yeah. But that's what's so scary. <laughs> but that's just, people are going to be listening to this saying, you know, that's not, but that is so true. I totally agree with you. Like, there are parts that she genuinely believes this is the right. I mean, it's insanity, but it's not It's not done for the sake of purposely trying to, I don't think anyway, trying to harm um, Olivia. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misguided in my opinion there, but I, I don't know. I, I love your point. I think it's dead on. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, I think. That's the mentality behind a lot of, you know, people who abuse children or, or rapists. There's something going on in their head that's telling them that, like, this person needs this. That sounds so messed up. And I'm sure there are some people that just want to harm because it's harming. But I think most people, there's a glitch in their psychological system that tells them like this is the right thing to do and I think that's I mean that's what I decided to do with with Poppy yeah uh, and, and do you ever get sick of hearing compliments I mean I've pro- I, I, I mean I, I'm, I'm a nerd I mean so I don't mind I'll, I, I, I own that like and I when, no, when I give compliments are the best <laughs> but, but sometimes when you over compliment somebody it seems like not genuine but I totally like, I say it and I totally like mean it from the heart like we were just blown away by your performance and it's you know I watched it a couple times on the treadmill before interview so I could kind of get a, a more another feel. and every time I watch you on you know on, on screen it's just I, I'm more impressed each time, Catherine, because it's certainly not a fluke. And, and you have so many awesome things ahead, um, namely Silent Sari, which I'm so effing psyched for. Like, you have yeah. no idea. <laughs> thank you. Gosh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. We wrapped Dr. Sleep um, at the last day of November, so not too long ago. And that was extraordinary I mean to to go from shooting an independent film Absentia and Mike Flanagan's you know old apartment in East uh, Los Angeles to filming on a massive soundstage in a big studio film by Warner Brothers is like I mean it's just been an unreal experience (laughs) so is this is this a Netflix release or is this like a cinema release Cinema release. Oh boy, uh, uh, you can't say much. I imagine, right? I can't. They make you sign things. <laughs> so, can you like? All right, so, like, we agreed. You're going to send me a copy of the script. Just give me some right, notes. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so psyched for this, and I think after Stephen King saw what Mike did with you know uh, Hill House. Um, because he, he made a comment on Twitter that was the ultimate compliment, right? He said, this is just phenomenal, basically. Um, yeah. Boy, this is going to... Is it... Are you, are you happy with everything that unfolded with Dr. Sleep? Can I ask that without trying to get you in trouble? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's oh. it's, it's going to be uh, amazing. Um, I think he's going to make a lot of people... He is in Mike Flanagan, make a lot of people... Happy. He's Mike directed um, Gerald's Game, which is a Stephen King novel. So Stephen, Steve, Steve King, and Mike have a really um, neat relationship. And um, what's particularly special is uh, before Mike became the the director he is now. Um, I've known Mike for 
oh god like a decade now wow. uh his his favorite writer is stephen king always has been and he'd always talk about him i remember going to his apartment for parties and there would be like you know all of stephen king's novels the stand the shining i mean every everything um so for for mike to be able to direct um this kind of work is like it's it's surreal you know it's really cool for those of you uh, wondering what we're talking about we're talking about Doctor Sleep which has a 2020 release roughly a year from today uh, basically it's about you know um uh, these people who who prey on children with powers to remain immortal and if you want to just read about something cool just google silent Sari. i mean i was reading about it and i was like as if i haven't complimented you enough you are perfect for this. If anybody's seen Poppy Hill, you are perfect for this part. Perfect. No, thank you. Yeah, and I, you know, I cannot wait for the script, like I said, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> is, is it a lot different, and this is probably a duh question, is it a lot different shooting a cinematic release versus a Netflix release? I mean, obviously it's the same talent. It's all, it's all the hard work. But is it? Is it? can you tell you're on a different type of set for with, with budget and so forth? Can you tell? Um... Yeah, I mean the for for the haunting of Hill House that was a that was a big budget, um, but yeah, certainly Doctor Sleep was a few notches up. But I, I I I think just from going from like independent film to any kind of studio film, that's really the big the big jump in terms of like you know the food is better and you're in a trailer and. Um, People are really, really, really good at their individual jobs. Um, but the process for actors is kind of, it's always the same. That that always stays the same. But yeah, little things like money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big differences. But yeah, there wasn't too big of a, a, uh, a jump that I noticed from The Haunting of Hill House to Dr. Sleep. But then again, I'm like that girl on set who's just so excited to be there. That's that, so like, cool to hear. That is so cool yeah. to hear. You know, I love the fact that you're a fan who wants to learn. Like, I love that. Like, that's, that's, I'm telling you, those qualities, and you know this, uh, I don't care what profession, they make you more successful, you know? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And my thing with like other human beings is that everybody poops. So like nobody, (laughs) we're all the same. We all poop. It's all fine. Like I'm just here to learn and get better as a, as a nicer person. You know, that's always my goal anyway. That's great. So let me, I have a few more questions if you don't mind answering them. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. Uh, Just one of my attempts at humor. Do you find that people flinch around you when you raise your hand near their forehead? Now that oh my gosh! This is dude. This is like a new thing where uh, people are asking me to poke them in the in the face, <laughs> and I look at them like, "Are you crazy?" And then I'm like, "All right, yeah, Poppy pokes people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild." <laughs> I gotta tell you, like I've been your Instagram yesterday. They are sending you artwork of Poppy that is drop dead gorgeous. I'm obsessed with the artists that are on Instagram who share their work. And I've just been, I've only been sharing like the poppy stuff cause I'm a narcissist, but like there's, I mean, these artists are amazing and how cool is Instagram? It's such a good platform oh. for, oh. for artists. But yeah, I, I mean, it blows me away. The talent of these people. And it goes deeper than that though, Catherine, because 
there's people on YouTube because when I do research, I do research, and there was there, there's people now that are acting out. Just there's uh, uh, actresses, you're, just your scene as Poppy on YouTube. What? Yes, I'll send you the links. There's like three or four that just do your like they're just just you know obviously it's probably a tribute or, or a fandom. They're acting out your role as Poppy with the you know the exact same lines exact like. It's, oh, that's so cool. It that's is cool. So I'm telling cool. you. Oh, man. I'm not one person to, like, Google that stuff, but now I have to. <laughs> I will say, like, and it's rude. I mean, but but I, I know it's, it's, it's nerdy, but it's awesome. It's also pretty awesome. Like, right? So people that are that moved by your work that want to do that. I mean, that is the ultimate, ultimate compliment, Catherine. Oh, gosh. Thank you. That's That's so cool. That's so cool. Thank what, you for sharing that with me. <laughs> what did your What did your family say after they? I, I'm, I'm assuming most of your family ha, has seen the entire, uh, um, uh, you know, the season. What were their thoughts? What did they say to you? You know, they're more supportive. Uh, I mean, they I, they thought it was really great. I think they they think I did good good work, but they're just so happy that I got an acting job because right. most of my acting career it was just kind of this thing I was doing on the side and then just like waiting tables and hostessing. I was a nanny for a long time. I swept hair in a hair salon, and then sometimes I would get a part on TV. Um, so just to be able to like pay my bills with acting this year has been extraordinary and has made them really happy because I'm less stressed out, (laughs) you know, um, that's like the brutal truth of it. But, um, my little brother, Danny, who's a songwriter was like, girl, that was some badass character work you did. (laughs) And that felt good. (laughs) That's awesome to hear. You know, what what, what about for you? I mean, when people, when people ask me, right, they say, well, what's a good show? And I talked about this show. I said, so they say, so wait a second. It's a horror movie that had you crying your eyes out at the end. I'm like, yeah, because I'm a, I'm a complete wuss. I cry a lot. Like when I watch shows and I love it, you know, but like this show in particular, like, I'm not going to give away how it ends, but it's like um, kudos to the entire cast. But I was just so blown away by Henry Thomas and oh, I don't want to forget, uh, Timothy Hutton playing the same character and just doing a wonderful job with it. Like it was like the end for me. I don't know. I, I, I was like sobbing. I was. And if I keep talking about it, I'm going to stop with you right now, and, I'm, and that'll be really embarrassing. But <laughs> we'll what, cry together. What, what did it for you? What is there a scene in particular that stands out, whether it involves you or not, that you're like, "Wow, that's that's pretty heavy stuff." I love that. I really love the the sister dynamics between um, Theo and Nell, and Theo and Shirley. I love those scenes played by Kate Siegel. I think Kate is an amazing actress. Oh, she I and I were actually in acting class together way back in the day in LA, and it's just like such. Um, I don't, it's just with like a great heart of fulfillment. I have to to see her just smashing it, you know? Um, I think I, all, all of it, you know, like I had all of the, the scripts of all the episodes and I would get them and, and read them. And I think it's the beauty of Mike Flanagan writing and and filmmaking. He had also had an amazing group of writers in a writer's room in Los Angeles, um, working on the haunting of Hill house. But 
uh, it's not about things being scary. What's scary is the grief and the shame and the psychological torture of this family that I think we all can relate to. And also just ghosts. There are ghosts in all of our lives that float around and haunt us. Um, the bent neck lady that God, that episode does me in and Victoria Pedretti is like unreal in that episode. Yeah. Oh, there's a scene where I don't, I'll, I'll ruin it, but that's not ruining it. It's, um, where they're driving in a car and I was like, um, like I'm not exaggerating here. And, and I told I had uh, a few months back I had Jordan Christie who plays Nell's husband on the show. Yeah, yeah. I jumped up and I ran like I ran and I'm not I'm not really a wuss not really like so I was like oh my god like I I can't get over how how frightened I was with that scene it was like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's the other beauty of, of Mike Flanagan is he pulls on your heartstrings and then he's like I'm about to scare the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> and you're like why my adrenaline's going. That is so, so well said. That is so well said. And I interrupted you. I'm so mad I did because you were talking about such a beautiful point where like Hill House is it could be anything, right? Hill House could be like the, the people in Hill House, right? We all have those people. Like you're so it was such a good point you were bringing up and it's you know, it's it, it's all mental. I mean, I I know for the sake of the show it's not, but we all have those people. We all have those those moments and and the, I don't know. I that's a fair way of looking at it, wouldn't you say, Catherine? Yeah, I think so. And I think the um uh, exploring a family dynamic is is really juicy because those relationships, those relationships that last decades upon decades between brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and daughters and sons and parents. I mean, there, there's so much complexity to the, the relationship you have with those people. It's like in infinite exploration of the human condition, you know, right, right. Um, to its extremes, to its extremes. Uh, only your mother can say one thing that will set you off, you know, <laughs> you know? Uh, or whoever that person is to you and your family. But there's something about those family dynamics that I think um, are so personal to people that when they see it on the screen, they're immediately transported into their their own world. Um, and also with Hill House, exploring the, the children's experience of the house and then the adults' experience of the house. Everyone can relate to that, to being afraid of what's under your bed. You oh, know, That is so well said. That is so well said. And I have, I have two more for you. So you and I are so happy we analyzed, like, Poppy, that maybe she isn't, you know, there's other ways to look at her. Can you say the same for the house? So, like, the groundskeeper, and by the way, that, I mean, you know this, too, that 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 little girl, um, Olive, I think her name was, plays Abigail? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, what a wonder. But, you know, is the house, could you ever consider the house positive, right? Because the groundskeepers beg, I mean, they beg, uh, you know, Hugh Crane, please, you know, leave this house so we can see our daughter. Like, and they totally get why Olivia did what she did, but they're like, this is a chance for us to see our, our daughter. Like, I totally get the house is evil. But, again, like, Poppy, is there... I don't know. Is there? I don't want to say good. Is does the house serve a, a meaningful purpose to good people? A meaningful purpose to good people. I mean, so 
when I played Poppy, I saw the house as my sanctuary. Sure. The, you know, it's my it's my home. I want everyone to stay there. Life is is better there. I want everyone's going to be safe here in this house. Um, but you can also just see it as just stone that's sitting there forever and it's what's happening in your mind is is what makes the house evil you know mm-hmm. um i don't know if it has anything to do with the house or or if it's the energies that occupy the house does that make sense that makes perfect sense that, that influence it um but the house certainly is another character in the haunting of hill house the main character <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Catherine, thank you so much. Is there anything that you wanted to promote and get out there? We talked a little bit about Dr. Sleep. We're going to keep that on a DL because we don't want you to get in trouble for anything. Is, is there anything else that you have coming up that you wanted to talk about, get out there? Yeah, I just shot a movie, a comedy called Limited Partners with Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish and Selma Hayek. Very cool. And very cool. Yeah, it's those women are equally talented and hilarious as they are beautiful. Um, and that comes out next year. I think I think they're saying April of next year, sometime in 2019. Um, but I play a very sassy secretary, and <laughs> I'm I'm excited to get to have that out because a lot of people know me from horror movies and I finally have a little comedy to, <laughs> to show. But that's the, that's the thing with you though. It's like, it's your sense of humor. I, I feel like not everyone has it. And I, I've said this a thousand times to my, some of my guests. Like I hate when people tell you I'm really funny. Like I can tell you have a great sense of humor. Right. And that helps. Not everyone has that. Right. So sure, uh, sure. you're definitely not the horror movie actress. You are a great actress who happens to be in a few horror movie TV slash big screen, uh, movies oh thank you thank you sir so I, I have to ask you i've put you on a spot i would hope you come back in a year and talk about dr sleep i would be so honored in a year if you came back and oh uh, i would love that i would love that yeah you, Catherine, you really made a, a, a my day by coming on and you said such, so many awesome things and i know my listeners are gonna love this episode it's just you're just such an interesting person and i truly can't thank you enough for coming on today Oh, likewise. You give a great interview. You're really, you're really great at this. This is wonderful. This house is a whole unsecret. Got my chains behind the bed In a coffee can Throw my knuckles in Just in case I have to leave And I will go
Let my darling 